Bukhar Tov. Today's daf is daf Lamed Vov in Beitzah. As we say, good morning and Chodesh Tov. Again, for learning for a four for Yosef Azriel Ben Chaya Michal. <clears throat> so yesterday we got down to the two lots about uh, about a third of the way down on the page. Machasan is a pair. So the Mishnah said that on Yontif, if you have fruits on your roof, you're allowed to drop them through the skylight in order to save them because you don't want to, you know, there's a, there's a big loss if, the, uh, if it starts to rain, you're afraid of the rain coming. You're up there to dry them and now they're going to get ruined in the rain. You're allowed to drop them down. So the question is, are we only talking about payros, which are muktzah that, uh, that you had set aside so you're not going to eat them, but the Rabbanan gave a head to you that in order to save them from total destruction, you can throw them down through the, um, through the skylight. So is it only for Paris or for other things as well? Amar Ula, the Gemara is like this. We have Machlokas. I feel love here to live in Even if you have uh, a stack of, um, of bricks that were, you know, prepared for uh, construction, but they weren't, they weren't uh, cemented together or anything, just a stack there, you can move them too. In other words, the rain will come and ruin the bricks. You can also, you can also cover them up as well. Besides lowering the Paris, we said you could do through a skylight. And then we said Paris... Uh, you can cover them if, if, let's say, rain is dropping in. You can cover them with a cloth or a covering, a mat or whatever. You can cover payros. What about bricks? Uh, well, this is even bricks also. They're going to be ruined by the by the drops of rain. You can cover them too. Rabbi Yitzchakomer, no. Payros or ruyan. Only payros which are fit to be eaten. Only things of that sort which are fit to be eaten on Yantif. Now, uh, when he talks about Mashiach Paris Der Harub, we're talking about payros that were set aside to dry. Here he says, Machasim Paris Bekalim. Presumably means that uh, even Paris that you could eat. Now you're talking about Paris, you can serve says, listen, Paris that could be eaten that are not muktza, those you can cover up if the rain's falling on them. But not something which is like uh, bricks. Bricks are muktza. You're not supposed to use them on yantif. They're, they're made for construction. So Rabbi Yitzchak said, only Paris that are fit. Vaz Rabbi Yechon Tamei, Rabbi Yechon goes according to Esfara, his reasoning, Dom Rabbi Yitzchak, Enkli Nittel El Dover and Nittel B'Shabbos. We had this before. Rabbi Yitzchak takes a very stringent view and he says that any utensil or clothing, whatever, can only be picked up and used for something which, and used in this case to cover up something else, the something else must also be something which is not muktzah. So he says, okay, the Kli, let's say you're covering it up with a mat or a cloth or something of that sort, or a garment. So that's certainly not muktza, right? But you can't even pick that up to put it on something which is muktza. Ain't clean nittel. You can't even pick it up. Ella lidavar nittel b'shabbos. So if you're if you're covering up fruits from the rain, from the drops of rain, okay. So you could take a cloth and cover up the the, the fruits. Uh, and but if you're covering up bricks, which cannot be used on yantif, you can't even use that. You can't even use a cloth which in, in itself is not muktza, but you can't pick it up and use it for something else which is muktza. That's Rabbi Yochanan's stringent opinion. So Rabbi Yitzchak says that when he's uh, when the Mishnah says machasan asayros, he means only payros, something which you can eat, not something which you cannot eat like bricks on yantif. So now what about our Mishnah? Mishnah says machasan asayros. Says cover payros. So where does uh, Ula come off saying even bricks? Chasanas Paris bekalim Paris in have you heard of living with us? Mashma only Paris something which you could eat, not stacks of bricks. Zimor says no. Who had done a filah vira? Raula who says that you could even cover up stacks of bricks that are get ruined from the drops of rain on Yantiv. Who had done a filah vira live now also? You could also do stacks of bricks too. When the mission says Paris, it doesn't mean to exclude that. I do ton of ration Mashilim Paris since the first part of the mission, the first words of the mission were. 
we can look, we can, um, you can lower Paris through the skylight. Tana safe and I'm mechasen as a Paris, even though those are Paris which are the first Paris were Paris which are up on the roof for for drying out. The second Paris could be Paris which are really ready to be eaten in the house. But still, since he talks about Paris, he mentions here Paris too. But the truth is, Ula maintains his his view that you can even. Uh, cover up stacks of bricks, which themselves are are muktzah, but you can cover them up with a cloth or with a garment, which is not muktzah on yantif, in order to save again because of the hefset over here. Just like you're going to lose, just you're covering them up so that the pears won't get spoiled. The same way uh, because of a loss of money, Rashi had said that. the so you can cover up also stacks of bricks. Okay, that's what he means. He's saying the mission means that. Yes, but the Mishnah also goes on, says the Gemara, right after it says you can cover up, um, you can cover up peros from the raindrops, it says also jugs of wine or jugs of oil. Now, Rashi explains it, if you mean to include even stacks of bricks, so taste, tell me bricks and certainly jugs of, of wine or oil, why did it say dafka jugs of wine or oil? Rashi says, so he should have told us Levainum and certainly certainly these things. And therefore it's mashma that the bricks are not included. You may not cover up bricks if they're being ruined by by dro- drops of rain. So skin of a No, you know what kind of speaking about? We're talking about uh, jugs of wine or shemen which themselves have not been taken trumas or mysis. Remember, yain and shemen are yes trumadaraisa, just like the five grains. So here it's you didn't they were still tevel, so they were muktzah. So there's no difference there between uh, jugs of wine or oil or bricks. It's all muktzah. So therefore, that's how that's how Ula will learn that we mean even jugs of wine which are totally muktzah, and you can still cover them up in order to save them from the rain. Hachanam Stavros like more than says it's probably that way too. They were talking about tevel. We're talking about something which is edible. You can eat it on yantif on Shabbos. It's it's not muktzah. It's trumas and mices have already been taken. We already learned Peros. What's the difference between Peros? You can cover up Peros. You can cover up jugs of wine. Oh, it's all the same thing. It's all edible, something which is edible and mutter on Yantif. Elamai must be telling me Kadayan Kadashemen, which are, which are Muktzah, meaning they have been taken, Trumas Mises have not been taken from them. So the Gemara says, so, so, so the Gemara says, no, that's not a proof. It could very well be that Kadayan and Kadashemen were speaking about of Hetero. So what's the Chiddush? You already said Peros. The rabbis were concerned about a, a substantial financial loss. So if your payers are out or being ruined by the rain, they're gone. They're totally spoiled. But But if a little rain gets into a jug of oil or wine, so not such a terrible thing. After Shabbos, after Yom Tov, move it, move it out of the path of the rain. I might think they're, they weren't mad to that. Kamashmon, they were mad to that too. So it could very well be that the Kadayan and Kadashem are speaking about those of a terror. The Chiddush is, even for a small loss, the rabbis allowed you to cover it up. Or it could be, like Ula says, that no, Kadayan and Kadashem are saying, which is totally muksa. Tanan, again, a proof from our mission. Nosen Kli Tachas Atlaf Shabbos. The end of the mission says, you can put a utensil underneath the raindrops to prevent it from ruining, uh, ruining anything on Yantif, on Shabbos. And he says, even on Shabbos, so that, that shouldn't get dirty. Now, we're assuming over here that these drops are dirty, dirty drops coming in. Now, why are you allowed to put a kli underneath them if they themselves are muksa because they have no purpose? It must be like Ula, that you could, uh, you're could you allowed to move a kli, not like Rabbi Yitzhak says, you can only put a kli there for something else which is also mutter, which is not muksa. 
Here, if the raindrops are muktza or the drops that are coming down are, are dirty, so that, that's muktza. So how can you move a cleave for that? The answer is, but lafaroi could be that it's not, it's not dirty uh, drops. It could be drops of rain, Rashi says, that are roy for an animal to drink. In other words, it's not filthy or, or disgusting, repulsive, uh, you know, filthy water. It's something which is not muktza, and therefore you can't prove it. And here, this is a try, we're trying to prove like Ula. That the uh, Nosen Klitach Lapashavs are assuming that it's something which is dirty and Rashi says, It's not good. The raindrops aren't good for anything. This is against Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak says you can only move a Kli for something else, for another Kli, which is, which is Mutter. Ain't Kli Nittel Ella Ledover Hanittel Bashabas. And this is a proof against that. The answer is it could also be ro- water, which is Roy, and this can go like Rabbi Yitzchak too. So we can't prove. Either like Rabbi Yitzchak or like Ula. Toshma, another proof. Parson, this is not from our mission. Now we're talking about proofs elsewhere. Moran Shabbos says, Parson, Shabbos. You're allowed to spread a mat on top of bricks on Shabbos, obviously to save them from the rain. So here you see, you're allowed to do that on Shabbos. Certainly on Yantif, you would be allowed to do that, even though it's not, the bricks are not Dover HaNittal, they're Chor Muktza. And this is against Rabbi Yitzchak. The Moran the ice from Rabbi we're not talking about bricks which are set aside for construction. The Chazi we're talking about bricks which are left over from the construction. In other words, they have a construction job, and there's a few bricks left over. So you know what? What are you going to do with those bricks? You're going to sit on them, and therefore they're not considered muksa. Farshim say the Bismana Zeh, when um, people don't sit on bricks, right? If you have the ex- Extra, if you have leftover bricks from a construction job, you'll take them to another construction job. So then it could be that this would be considered muktza in all cases. So you can't, uh, in other words, bismanazed, you know, nobody sits on bricks. So unless it's normal to sit on bricks, that would be considered muktza on Shabbos. Tashma, another proof. You can spread a mat on, on, on rocks, stones. So that's obviously muktza. And yet you see, you can move a, you can move a mat for something which is muktzah against Rabbi Yitzchak, a proof to Ula. We're speaking about smooth, smooth, round uh, stones, the chazlan basikisa, which are good for wiping oneself in the lavatory. So again, this is not muktzah. This is these are dochek answers, but you can't prove one one way or another. Tashma, another case. Now these cases are even on Shabbos that we're talking about, not just on Yontif. So again, uh, the uh, as we'll see in the next Mishnah, unless you're talking about you know preparing food, right? And there's no difference in Shabbos and Here you see that on Yantiv you can prepare a you can put a mat on top of a beehive on Shabbos. Put a mat from Shabbos. to protect the beehive from the sun, to protect it from the rain. In order to protect the beehive, and the beehives are important as we know for you know for uh, reproduction of fruits, etc. Um, you're allowed to do that even on Shabbos. But don't have any intention of capturing the bees, right? When you put a mat on top of them, the bees have no way to get out. You're really capturing them. But you shouldn't have kavana for that. Okay, well, how does that help? Not having kavana. If you go like a beautiful holds of Mux, like Mar's going to talk about that, it's still Dov Shem's is also. Okay, we'll see about that. But the point is, you see over here, that you're allowed to put a mat on top of a beehive, even though the beehive is clearly muksa. And uh, how are you allowed to do that? Okay, you shouldn't have kavana to capture them, but it's still muksa. So you're allowed to put a mat, which is davar anittal, on top of first form, which is davar shenayinah We're speaking of a beehive that has honey in it, and you're planning on taking, using the honey for human consumption. So it's not muksa. 
That's fine in the summer months when there is when, uh, there is uh, honey inside the beehive. In the winter months, there is no honey in there. So why does it say over here you can also protect it during the winter? In the winter months, there is no honey there, so it's muksa. How are you allowed to do that? Elamai, you see that you're allowed to uh, take a mat and, or a mat or a blanket or whatever, a cloth, and put it on top of the beehive, even though the beehive is muksa in the winter. No. Even in the winter months, they leave two layers of, uh, of, um, of dvash, of honey, for the bees themselves. In other words, you don't want to empty out the whole beehive because then the bees will go elsewhere and you'll lose them. So you want to keep two layers of, like two uh, rows of um, honey are left in there even during the winter months. So El Losen Shef Sigmar says, yeah, but if, that's, if, the, if, those, uh, if those two um, rows, layers of, um, of, of honey are, are um, designated for the bees, so they're set aside. They're not they're not they're not set aside for human consumption. So again, it's muktzah. So again, it would be it would be in the winter months. No, even though normally you keep a couple you keep a couple of layers in there during the winter months so that the bees won't run away. But you had in mind to use them on Shabbos. You were going to eat them yourselves. You were going to, you had in mind for human consumption, and that's why it wasn't muktzah then. Again, Rabbi Yitzchak, that's what Yitzchak will say. This is not a proof, even though it's. It seems that it's a proof against him. He'll say, no, it's speaking about where you had in mind to eat those, those loaves of, um, those, those rows or loaves of, um, of honey. It's like, but if you didn't, if you had in mind, normally they're set aside for the bees. And if you didn't think about them, that you're going to use them for human consumption, my usher would be usher. So why talk about, uh, so why talk about, yeah, as long as you don't have kabana to capture them, which would be a mlacha daraisa. Lift, listen, be day. What do you have to come on to that? Like an afkamina, in that itself, did you have kavana or not for human consumption? When are you allowed to put the mat on top of the beehive to protect it from the wind and from the rains? When, when you had in mind that you're going to eat some, you're going to eat that vash on Shabbos. You didn't think about it. It's also, it's also because it's muktzah even without coming on to the kavana about capturing. Says Doesn't mean to say that one or the other. It means to say both. Even though you have to think about it. In other words, you had to make it non muktzah by having in mind to consume them, so to have uh, human consumption of the honey, well, still, you have to make sure that you didn't have kavana to capture them. In other words, when you're allowed to cover up the beehive in the summer to protect it from the sun, when there is, uh, when there is dvash in there, there's honey in there. And even in the winter, there's also a small amount. And even though it's normally designated for the bees, but you're allowed to do it if you're planning to designate it for human consumption. But even then, you have to make sure that you don't have kavana to capture any bees by putting the man on top. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. You could have just given an answer and said, okay, this goes like Rabbi Shimon, it doesn't hold the muksa. Rabbi Shimon doesn't hold the muksa, meaning the whole idea of Rabbi Yitzchak says, he says, that's if you hold the muksa. So he says, not only... Can you not move the muktza thing? You can't even move something which is not muktza on behalf or to protect something else which is muktza. Fine. But this, uh, you could have given an answer and say this whole question with the beehives is speaking according to Rabbi Shimon. That's all the muktza. So my, instead, what did you do? You said, no, it's speaking about in the winter you had the two loaves and you had in mind for that. So my, you come to Kribir, this lay muktza, aim a safe, but you shouldn't, as long as you don't have kavana for capturing.
That goes like Rabbi Shimon. Also, Rabbi Shimon, the Amr Shimon's Kabbalah's mutter. Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, even if you had in mind that you're going to have human consumption, but if you're doing a malacha, even even though you don't have kavana, Dabr Shemin and Miskavan, Dabr Shemin and is also. Even if you don't have kavana to capture, Dabr Shemin and is also. So how can you say you're allowed to? So now this is going like Rabbi Shimon. So which one are you going? If you say it goes like Rabbi Shimon, so the whole, he doesn't hold the muks, it's not a kasha. Elamai, you say it goes like Rabbi Yehuda. So how does that work? He says, as long as you don't have kavana to capture the bees. But it's a Dabr Shemin is also according to Rabbi even We have a famous club, Rabbi both agree that even according to Rabbi Shimon, who holds Dov Shem is also, that's why not have Kavana. But if it's inevitable, Sikh means you cut off the chicken's head, it's not going to die below Yamas. In other words, if you cover up a beehive and you cover it all up with a cloth or a blanket and the whole thing's covered, obviously you're capturing any bees inside. There's no way to avoid it. It's not like I had. A, I didn't have kavana. We didn't have kavana. It's psikresha. You're for sure going to do it. Says Umar says no. So therefore, you have a problem anyway. How are you allowed to cover it up? Forget about the muksa issue. You're 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 definitely being over on on capturing. So Umar says lolam kul rabiyut. I'll tell you it goes like rabiyut. Bochamai eskinan kontributor. What is the davashem miskaven? Davashem miskaven is aser. So how can you say you don't have kavana for the bees? But it's davashem miskaven is also even according to him. And here even according to Shimon, it's psikresha. The answer is this bay cafe. This is a beehive that's got windows in it. It's got holes in it. So therefore, the even though you cover up the top to protect it from the rain or from uh, or from the uh, sun, but the bees can still get out. So you can if you, even if you cover it up, there's there's windows in there, and therefore, therefore, as long as you have, you're not really definitely covering it up, right? This bay cafe below Tim Rabuta So don't say contributor. Oh, as long as you, you don't have kavana to, to, to capture it, because certainly you're not you're not doing a malacha, you're not capturing it all, you're not doing a you're not inevitably doing a malacha by covering it up. It's got windows in it. Rashi's three lines from the other page. though you cover up the opening of the beehive, ain't If you don't cover up the windows, the sides, the where the holes in there, then I capture it all. So what's the You shouldn't have kavana. You're not doing any capturing. Don't say as long as you don't have kavana. To, to capture because you're not capturing it because you're not close you're not uh, sealing off all the holes of the beehive. You shouldn't do it. That's what he means. In other words, you can cover it up, right? In the winter, even when there's only two loaves, because you had in mind that you're going to have human consumption. But as long as not that you shouldn't have kavana to capture, you're not capturing it because there's windows there. Ella, what should you say? Ella. Ema on the top of Amadezovachalayasenamatsuda. Make sure you don't cover up the holes. That's what he means. Don't say you don't have kavana. As if, you know, oh, you're doing it, but don't have kavana. That wouldn't help anyway if you're if you're covering it up. What does it mean not to have kavana? It's psikresha. No. It's it's got holes in it, so the bees can get out anyway. Make sure you don't cover up all the holes. That's what he means. Ela Make sure that you don't make it a uh, a capturing vehicle, meaning that you don't cover up all the holes, and then you capture it. So that's isn't that obviously Marzal's pshita? That's a malacha d'oraisa. <laughs> so the, the tzuda, uh, tzeda is one, capturing an animal is one of the thirty-nine malachas. So it's obvious that you shouldn't cover up. Like, make she says you can cover it up, and make sure you don't capture the bees. <laughs> if you cover up all the holes and capture the bees, that's a malacha d'oraisa. You got to tell me that. Eventually, some tzuda pshita. Bees aren't usually captured. Bees, you have a beehive. You get yeah, there's bees in there. What do you capture? You capture animals. You capture you know wild animals. You know big animals. 
So I might think, what's considered seda? Only something which is normally captured. You lay traps for different kinds of animals, for birds, for animals, things that you lay traps for. The mino, something which is is normally captured that you lay traps for, you go out and you hunt them, whatever. That's also shalabamino, and that's something which is not normally captured. That's not much. Like we said, you know, uh, if you eat something, he has to eat it derech achila, right? It has to be the, the mlach is only if you do it the way it's normally done. People don't usually go out and capture bees. Kamashmon, that it's still also, you shouldn't do that. That's also considered seida. That's all one answer. Ravashi gives another uh, simpler answer. He says, what was the whole issue over here? He says, you're trying to prove that, um, that it's mutter to cover up something which is muktza. Uh, because the, the beehive is muksa. So we said, okay, it's not muksa because it's got honey in there. Well, that's good in the summer months when it's got honey. What about in the winter months when it doesn't have honey? So we went through the whole thing and say, well, it's got the two loaves and you had kavana. You don't have to come out there. We're not talking about in the winter. Ravashi says, Miktani did it say summer months and winter months? It didn't say that. It says from the sun and from the rain, Tani. The we're talking about in the spring and in the autumn where it's sunny and it's also rain. Dvash is also dvash there too. So you're right. In the winter months, we're not talking about that. Maybe in the winter months, it's muksa. Very simple, it's muksa, because all you have is the two loaves that are set aside, designated for the bees. He says, over here, it doesn't say in the summer and the winter months. It says, you're allowed to cover it up in the sun, to protect from the sun, and in the rain. When do you have sun and rain? Could be we're talking about in the spring. In the, in the, wind, in the summer, you for sure have sun. And in the spring and the autumn, you have sprung, you have you could have sun and you could have rain too. But but with, but there's still dvash in there. There's dvash in there because it's not the winter months. In the winter months, there is no honey at all. So again, we can't really prove this. We have this, you know, just like we have machlok Yuda, whether it's muks or not, and we have Rabbi Yitzchak's opinion. We really can't prove one way or another from our mission and from all these other sources. So the mission is Minosa and Klitachas Shabbos. You're allowed to put a vessel, a utensil, a pot, whatever, underneath underneath um, a dripping rain on Shabbos, in order to keep things clean. Uh, the house shouldn't get dirty. In other words, that's part of Kavit Shabbos, even on Shabbos, not just on Yontav. In the small clue, let's say the clue got full of water. You could pour it out, you know, take it someplace where you could pour it out. Obviously, don't pour it on the ground, where, on dirt, where it could uh, be, cause things to grow. But you could pour it out in the dump somewhere, and you can repeat it. In other words, if the clee is full of water, just you can repeat the process. Don't hold back, meaning do it multiple times. Tells you a story now. Be'erachai the Baye. Baye had a, uh, a, grill, a, a mill where he, uh, he ground stuff, right? He ground things in, the, in this uh, room, in his house, or whatever, in a garage. <clears throat> was, was, uh, rain was coming down and ruining it. They're made out of clay and it can get ruined and get and, and would be disgusting. It would start melting, etc. It would start falling apart. Also come to Rabbi. He came for Rabbi, his Rebbe. Abaya was a student of Rabbi. He was raised by him. So Rabbi told him, I'll tell you what, you have this room that has the mill in there that's getting a rain on it. Bring your bed in there. Bring your bed in there. Your bed, make your make that your bedroom. They don't have Allah of Graf Shorev. Graf means a container that has like feces in it. That a container that has something repulsive. Even though it's muksa, the rabbi said you're allowed to take you're allowed as long as you don't carry Shusarabim, you're allowed to remove it from the house for covered Shabbos. You're allowed to remove that. If it has excrement, you're allowed to remove it. So the same way, if you're if you're sleeping in that room, you have a bed in there, you're allowed to remove the whole mill the whole contraption there, because it's, it's going to be repulsive, then you're allowed to do that. 
and then you could take it out. That is very simple. What's your option? Meaning, why don't you just put a clean on top? Apparently, that didn't suffice. Rashi says it wasn't. It wasn't enough for the uh, to put kalim to put vessels or whatever. Apparently, it was getting really very. The rain was coming down heavy on this millstone. There was a hole in the roof or whatever. Kalim wouldn't have done the trick. It was getting ruined, and he didn't know what to do. So his rebbe told him, "I'll tell you what. Put your bed in there." Now it's disgusting for you to sleep with this uh, mess. So then you'll be able to remove the millstone just like you can remove a container of excrement. Bafkin, then you can take it out. Yosef Abayah said, uh, my Rebbe, he was mad to that. Are you allowed to, you can't put a, in other words, if, if you had a dog or a child uh, and he made a mess, right? You can take that out on Shabbos. But you don't bring it into the room. In other words, here, I'm, I, the stuff is already there, and now I'm putting my bed in there, so it's like I'm making that head to lechachila. Adahachi, while he was thinking about this, the whole thing fell apart. The, the whole thing was ruined. Notice he waited so long that the rain ruined the mill, and the whole thing uh, broke apart. Omar, Abaya said, Magili, it's Skimpmir, you know, I, I deserve what happened. The Avri Adamar, because I went against my Rebbe's rule. My Rebbe told me, this is your heter. I should have listened to him. I shouldn't try to be more machmer. My Rebbe gave me a heter. I should have listened to that. Both these things are for human waste, right? Or even dog waste, too, would be the same thing. But graf refers to uh, feces or excrement. Navish Shalmei is like a, you know, a chamber pot for, for, for urine. Mutalotzi and Lash, but you could take them out on Shabbos to the garbage. Um, again, you can't carry Shusarabim, but you can take them out. Ukshemachziru, and when he returns the empty chamber pot or the uh, the, the container, right? Nosen b'mayim, since it's since it's smelly and dirty, put some water in there so at least your dog or your animal could drink from it. Then it's not muk. Otherwise, it's mukta. Otherwise, you got a filthy container. It's mukta. He has to put some water in there so the animal will be able to clean it a little bit, and the animal can drink. Machziru. The Rabbanan who heard Shmuel's halacha, they thought, well, that's only if it's in a container, uh, right? But if it's, let's say, let's say it wasn't in a container, you just had some, um, you know, um, a, a cat or something or a dog, you know, went on your, on your floor in your house, uh, that wouldn't be much, maybe only in a container, Tashma. No, that, that to, for Shabbos, that who Achbar saw, there was a, um, a mouse, Ishtakach Be'aspar Maki de Ravashi, it was found in the spice box of Ravashi, that means in Ravashi's house, they found it. Amal Ravashi said, take it by its tail and throw it out. In other words, even if it's not in a container, this heter of removing a repulsive item in your house for covered Shabbos is mutter, whether it's in a container or whether it's not a container, in a, not in a container. The point is, you see a big lesson over here from the story with Abaye, that even though Graf Shere is only, you know, Bidi Abaye, you're not allowed to take a, a dirty, filthy, repulsive uh, chamber pot or a container or feces and bring it into the house. But if it's in the house, you're allowed to take it out of the house as long as you're not carrying on Shabbos. I mean, you can take it out, take it out, out, out to the Chutz or whatever, not into Rosh Hashanah. Says the Mishnah. This Mishnah should have maybe part of the Mishnah could have been said at the very beginning of the Masechta because the last line of the Mishnah is Ein Ben Yantel Shabbos, a famous line El Ochel Nefesh Bilvad. So the Rabbi said though more than more than that. The Rabbi said that there are certain things that you're also on Yantiv, just like the Rosh on Shabbos. Meaning, all the Malachas of Yantiv are really also, uh, 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 all the Malachas of Shabbos are also too, except for those involved uh, in uh, cooking or preparing food. 
And we have a cloud, as long as you can carry for food, you can also carry for other things. So you can carry a handkerchief in your pocket when there's no Erev uh, as well. What about Isurim Drabonan, that the rabbis forbade? So if it's not related to uh, uh, food, then just like it's Asur on Shabbos, it's Asur on Yontav. So the Mishnah says, The rabbis forbade certain things. One is, it's called Shvot Shvus means Shvus means have a rest on Shabbos. It's not proper to be osik with these things on Shabbos. That's called Shvus and Isra of Shabbos or Yantif uh, that the rabbis forbade. There's no, in other words, you're not doing a mitzvah at all. You're just telling the rabbis said, don't do this lest you come to do something else to be over in a melacha. So whatever the rabbis asked Mishim Shvus on Shabbos, they also asked on Yantif. Me or Mishim Rishus. Rishus means. It's an elective, right? It's, it's uh, voluntary. We'll see what that means. It means that there's somewhat of a mitzvah involved. Shvus means there's no mitzvah at all. The rabbi just forbade this, lest you come to do something worse. Mishum Shvus means there's a shtickel mitzvah. There's a partial mitzvah there too. The rabbi still forbade it. As we know, the rabbis forbade taking a lulav on the first day of, when, uh, on the first day of uh, Sukkot when it comes out on Shabbos or Rosh Hashanah uh, uh, when it comes out on Shabbos, the rabbis forbade, even though it's Mamish Mitzvah, right? So here too, the rabbis forbade certain things, even though there's a little mitzvah involved. We'll see what that means, Mishum Mishus. Mishum Mitzvah means Mamish Mitzvah. Here it means Mamish Mitzvah. Sometimes we'll see the Lashon of Mitzvah, even if it's Mamish Mitzvah, the rabbis also forbade it in certain cases on Shabbos and Yantiv. Right, whatever they did on Shabbos, In other words, whatever they forbade, whether it's a shvus or a rishus or a mitzvah, and we'll see what these things mean in a minute. What they forbade on Shabbos, also doesn't mean over here chayev like a carbon, because even if amloch on yantif, no, there's no carbon for yantif. It's only malchus if you did it b'meisit. But anyway, means you shouldn't do it. Rashi says they 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 forbade you. They um, uh, they restricted you that you shouldn't do it on Yantav. That's what it means. Chayim What are these things? Elim Shemshus. These are the following things that that they said you shouldn't do. It's also to do these things on Shabbos as well as Yantav. Lo Ombilin. You don't climb a tree, as we'll see. Maybe you'll you know you might pick something off the tree. Lo You don't ride on an animal on Shabbos or Yantav. Lo You don't go swimming. Lo You don't clap your hands. Lo You don't clap your thighs. Lo You don't dance. These are things which are done not just for certain cases for avails, but even for simchas. You don't do those things. And the Gemara will explain why. These are all, don't do these things. There's no mitzvah involved in the, any of these things. It's just, the rabbi just said, don't even do them, even though there's not an Avera, because you might come to do something else. We'll see what that is. What are the things that are also Mishum meaning there's somewhat of a mitzvah involved? Lo donin, you don't sit in judgment, even though judging is a mitzvah. Don't do that on Shabbos or Yontav. Lo makachin, and you're not makadash a woman. You don't get married. Shabbos Yontav, right? People don't get married Shabbos Yontav. We'll see why. Isn't it a mitzvah to get married? Below Cholz you don't do chalitz or yibam again, even though there's a mitzvah involved. Still, the rabbi said, don't do that on Shabbos as well as Yontif. The following things are literally a mitzvah, and the rabbi still forbade it. Lo makdishin, you don't give substance to base of mikdash, you don't sanctify something, like an animal or, or something better. Below marichin, you don't give a person's value, whatever, the, whatever depending on his age and his sex, what, uh, how much you give to the base of mikdash. And you don't give something even for better advice. Don't make any donations to the base to the base of Mishma. There's two kinds of achrama. One is to the coin. One's to better advice. But stam achrama is to the base is to better advice. But then we give truma meiser, as we said before many times. You don't take trumas meisers on Shabbos and Yontif, right? We'll see. The Gemara will explain all these things. Kolei lebi Yontif amru. All these things were said even on Yontif. Kal v'chomer b'Shabbos. 
Why? Because the only Shabbos in Yontif in terms of, we're not talking about in terms of punishment. There are other differences in terms of the punishment because as Yontif we said the punishment is only Malchus if you did it B'Meza. There is no carbon if you did it B'Shogeg. And Yontif, uh, if you did many Malachas, you're only high of one, whereas on Shabbos you could be high for each one. So there's, but in terms of what the Malachas are, what the Isurim are, not what the punishments are, but in one's Isurim, there's no difference except when it comes to cooking and preparing food. Ocha Nefesh Bavad. So the Gemara is like this. Oh, Milan, why shouldn't you climb a tree on on uh, Shabbos or Yontif? Because you might tear off a branch, which is an Isser, which is a Malacha, right? Like harvesting. You can't, you can't carry, you can't, uh, you can't, Davi Isurim at a Raisa, I don't coat, sir. Like harvesting, when you, when you uh, uh, cut off anything from something attached to the ground, that's a malacha daraisa. But you don't ride on an animal, because maybe you'll leave the tchum Shabbos. Which tchum means, but let's say simple, tchum Shabbos of 2,000 amas. So the Gemara says, There's a famous machlokas where the tchum is the daraisa drabonim. Rabbi Kiva holds it's the rice. Everybody holds it's, most everybody else holds it's only drabonim. If you say over here they made exeri, you shouldn't ride on an animal lest you come to be over in Tchumen. It's mashma Tchumen is the raisa, because otherwise it's exeri l'exeri. If, if Tchumen is only drabonim, they can't make another exeri on top of an exeri. The rabbanim don't usually do that. El exeri shemiyach zmura. We're afraid that while he's riding on the animal, he'll need like a stick to hit the animal with, and he might pull off a branch from a tree. So again, the reason why you don't climb a tree the reason is the same reason why you don't ride an animal because you might come to remove to cut off a branch from a tree. Below shetam gavmeimaim, you don't ride, you don't go swimming. Because you might make a, sw- a a swimming learning instrument that's they call the like a barrel of a swimmers. They used to make something out of um, reeds, and they would weave it together and like a training is like we'd say today a tube or or whatever they call those things, muscles that they put on kids, because we're afraid you'll make, you'll construct something like that, and we're afraid, and, and you make a kli on Shabbos or Yontif, and therefore all these things are for, that's, that's why you can't go swimming on Shabbos or Yontif. And you don't clap your hands or clap your thighs or dance. Like we mentioned before, this is all exerah, maybe you'll repair a, a, um, a musical instrument. So these are all gzeiras, the Rabbanan. So the Rabbanan made, said, don't do this, don't do that, lest you come to be over on an Isra da Orisa, right? Like cutting something, a branch, or constructing something, or fixing something, right? So the following things is, involves a little bit of a mitzvah. He calls them a shus as opposed to the last category of mitzvah. You know, the Gemara Yivamas, we talk about even uh, Isra Shnias, like, for example, you can't marry your great grandmother. Doesn't Torah doesn't forbid you from marrying your great grandmother? It's a, it's an iser drabbanan and he calls it iser mitzvah. So sometimes mitzvah means literally mitzvah. Sometimes it means it's a rabbanan. Here rishus over here means that it's somewhat of a mitzvah, but the rabbis forbade it also, even though it's not a direct mitzvah. What do you mean? This is mamshim mitzvah. Why can't you judge cases on Shabbos or Yontif? It's a mitzvah. So there's a greater rabbi than you. There's a greater judge than you. Then you have no obligation. The obligation is on the greater judge. He should, you know, you, you uh, uh, rely on him, and there's no mitzvah for you to do that. So he says, uh, he says there, therefore, um, right, because there's somebody who's greater than you, and therefore you're, you're not obligated to do it. So you don't have a real, it is a mitzvah to, to judge a case, you know, even though there's somebody greater than you, but it's not a direct mitzvah. Somebody else could do it. So therefore it's called the rishus. So, um, and the rabbis forbade you from doing it, right? You're doing it. And what's the reason why, right? Why do you call it Rishus? He says, he's called Rishus because there's somebody greater than you. But why can't you do it? 
Why can't you do it? That we'll see. We didn't say why you can't do it. And you're not a woman. Why not? You're supposed to get married. He's already got a wife and children. So therefore, you know, according to Rashi, according to Shama, he had two sons already. According to Basil, he had a boy and a girl, and therefore there's no mitzvah. What about the mitzvah of uh, you know you're supposed to, to be married even though um, you know it's, it's, it's somewhat of a mitzvah because even though um, even though you have a wife and children, you're always supposed to make sure that uh, even if he has children already and if he doesn't have a wife, now unfortunately grapple with the idea that this like Isha Bunim, does he have both? In other words, doesn't mean Isha or Bunim because if he has children, he doesn't have to get married. But he still has to get married anyway. He should not be without a wife. Or does it mean you know, he has both? It's like Isha Bunim. If he doesn't have Isha Bunim, uh, then he would have a mitzvah to do it. Even if he has children, it could be that he still has a mitzvah to get married. Or some say it means this like Isha or Obanim. If he has one of the two, he doesn't really have to anymore. So mitzvah, like he says, even when a person's older, he should make sure he's without, he's not without a wife. But the point is that it's not a direct mitzvah because if he has a wife and children already, it's not exactly such a great mitzvah to get married, and therefore he doesn't have to. But why not? It, we're, these kashas are only explaining why it's not a mitzvah. Why do you call it a rishus? You shouldn't judge cases, and you shouldn't mekadesh uh, uh, and And goes on lo cholzim v'lo miyabmin, and you shouldn't do chalisiyim. Again, there's not a mitzvah mitzvah. It's like shvichadik gadol. There's an older brother who could do it. And a mitzvah begadol liyabmin. The mitzvah is on him, so the mitzvah is not directly on you. Bekulu time b'may. So this explains. You've explained why it's a rishus, not a mitzvah, not a direct mitzvah. But what's the reason? Why can't you judge a case? Forget about the fact that it's not a great mitzvah. There's somebody greater than you, or you already have a wife and kids in terms of kedushin, or you have an older brother to do the mitzvah to do yibum uh, So What's wrong with doing these things on Shabbos niyantiv? My time. Bekulu my time. Bekulu time b'may. Gzerishem yichtov. Because maybe you'll write something down. You'll write the psak din if you're a judge. Or you'll write the Arison. You marry an Isha, uh, Isha Nikas Bekesav Shtarabia. You might write her uh, the, the, instead of giving her a ring, you might write her a Shtar Arison. might write it on Shabbos and Yontem. And also write Shtar Chalitza to prove that she's been divorced, right? That she's been, you know, that she's free to marry somebody else. Uh, or a Ksuba for a Yavam, you might give her a Ksuba, you might write. That's all this is Xera, you might come to write, and therefore it's also on Shabbos as well as on Yontem, right? And ve'eloim mishum mitzvah. What's mamish a mitzvah? Even though it's mamish a mitzvah, still the rabbi said you should do it. Lo makdishin, you shouldn't give stuff to the base of mikdash. You don't make you sanctify things. Lo marichim, and also you don't give the value of a person to the base of mikdash. Lo machrimin, you don't give things to the better kabbais. Gzeir mekechamemkar, because when you're giving something away, it's like uh, changing possession. When you change possession. Uh, you're going from one person to another. Same thing with Hegdish. So if you're giving something to Hegdish, you might also come to do business with somebody else. You're Masa Umatan, right? And the Rashi says that Pasik says, Mimso Chefsachavadabadabi shouldn't do this. Or even when it, another reason is, you might come to write things down. It's, it's all one big zero, just like you shouldn't do these other things lest you write something down. The same thing when you're Makdish or it's a zero because. You might uh, do conduct business and conducting. What's the real issue in conducting business? That you might write something down, and therefore the rabbis forbade all these issues. All right, tomorrow the same thing. We'll learn at five o'clock, ten o'clock New York time, five o'clock, and then on Friday we'll go back to the five twenty hour. Chodesh tov to everybody. Kol tov.